Hello, this is Daniel Mounter with my continuation of my podcast, An Englishman in Montreal. To recap briefly, in the last episode, which was episode two of an ongoing series, I want to recap um, about the pen pal hobby, which I went into some detail about, because it has connections to this episode. I touched very briefly on my upbringing within the exclusive brethren system, the EB system as I refer to it, otherwise known as a sect or a cult, depending on your point of view, and how it had a large impact on my life. In fact, for a long time it was a way of life for me. Um, pen palling was just one of several hobbies that I had, but it played a very large part in my trajectory to where I am in life even to this day. I wanted to go into some depth about that. I feel like we did that in the last podcast. Uh, for this episode, I want to go into a subject which has fascinated me recently with all the fallout from the lockdown, the COVID-19 pandemic, and the isolation, the big changes which are happening in society as a direct result of this disease uh, because the way it's gone it's created many moments of deja vu for me and certain of the experiences which people are finding novel are far from strange to me they're far from unfamiliar um, there are many reasons why there are these similarities I wanted to delve into some of these um, including the similarities between the quarantine and the social distancing and what is practiced by the exclusive brethren system um, also there were uh, many things which have been curtailed recently which people probably took for granted or at least um, did not realize they were benefiting from until those things were curtailed also, there are certain things happening on personal level. I wanted to touch briefly on the effects of social distancing, of enforced separation, and how that was something I grew up with. The way we communicate has also gone through a kind of a quantum shift. We already communicate a lot online, and there are very few exceptions to that in the outside world in today's age. That's, um, that's a fact that goes with the advancement of society. Um, but the, the unfamiliarity of it is something which I am strangely enough familiar with. Um, another point I noticed is the, uh, the effect on people's personal grooming and their appearance which has obviously gone through a certain amount of change because of the restrictions on treatments and procedures which are considered non-essential. I wanted to refer back to times I experienced and why a lot of this is not unfamiliar to me still. And um, finally, we want to go in and look at how society as a whole has a new norm 
there is a new normal now and our reality post pandemic is going to be different whether we like it or not i think those who can adapt will be the most resilient and adaptability i think is one characteristic which has helped me to overcome many of the huge changes that i've brought into my life or i've experienced in my life so this is basically a quick um, preview of what i wanted to discuss it may extend into a second episode if i cannot discuss everything in the time frame which i've set myself so firstly the quarantine and the self-isolation that have been enforced by many governments and uh, been adopted by the majority of the population reminds me a lot of the dual system operated by the EB system. Uh, they have two levels of separation based on a scriptural reference which they have taken to an extreme in which the scripture states separate yourselves from evil they have extrapolated that phrase to an extreme where they practice complete separation from people who are unable to follow strict rules and where they have come to regard people as infectious or contaminated uh, corrupted is the word they would use because they've allowed influences of the outside world or they've taken part in things which are considered prohibited or ill-advised by the EB. Uh, the first system is known as shutting up or confinement. To be shut up is quite a familiar term for those of the EB followers who have left, especially dating back to prior to the 2000 period that is to say the 2002 period when some of the rules were relaxed somewhat and during shutting up it simply means that people are not permitted to attend the obligatory otherwise obligatory nightly gatherings and the three or four gatherings on every Sunday but they're expected to still follow the same rules of not eating drinking or having communion with those who are not followers of the EB system. So it results in a lot of uh, social awkwardness and social distancing effectively, whereby you are permitted to carry on working for companies owned by EB followers. You are permitted to talk to them as in necessary discussions, and you can even occupy the same house as those who are continuing to attend EB system meetings. But you're expected not to socialize, to eat or drink, or to take outings with people who are in this first stage of separation, the quarantine, aka shut up. And there are many rules to be followed during this very strange step assuming 
that people continue to disregard the advice of the EB system, especially elders who visit occasionally, then the EB may move on to the second stage of the separation principle, as they call it, and to excommunicate the member, which is a whole step further than quarantine. At this point, uh, if you're living in the house with somebody who uh, wishes to stop following the EB or is been excommunicated by them, then if they're a minor, their food may be left on trays outside the bedroom door. Their siblings may be told, and parents may be told to regard them as dead to them. They're usually disinherited, and at the earliest possible time, they're uh, completely eliminated from daily life, as in their pressure to leave jobs, they are under severe pressure to leave the house if they're of an age where they can do that. And this um, sanctioning of people is seen to a certain degree also with the COVID-19. Those who have known to be infected have been placed under quarantine, unable to go out, and had to have things delivered to them via a two-step process where they don't come into contact with people. And like being excommunicated or withdrawn from by the EB system, being under this lockdown and under quarantine results in a, a big detachment from reality. It's something that I'm not unfamiliar with, uh, having been part of a family that was placed in this quarantine placed in this position for over seven years in total. Moving on to another point which I raised earlier, the previously taken for granted things that have been either cancelled or prohibited as a result of COVID-19. Many of these things um, were also prohibited to me growing up. That includes things like sports events, um, going to the cinema, any form of public entertainment, uh, music, concerts, the beaches, uh, anywhere that can involve crowds. And because of the EB principle of not eating with non-followers, with non-members, also uh, going to restaurants, bars, pubs, cafes, etc. So these things that people took for granted um, prior to the COVID-19 outbreak, were things that I actually grew up without and as a result I probably don't miss them as much as the average normal person out there. That's not to say that I didn't enjoy those things when I've tried them, it's simply that I have already ways to cope with and to get through times without those particular pleasures and normal activities. Um, in a sense that's a whole subject by itself I don't want to go into too much detail having touched on it here it's something that could be discussed in further detail in another episode this is not specifically about the principles of the EB system on a personal level 
the lockdown has had a very similar effect to being suspended within the EB. I am the forced separation from people who were my friends and even family, in the case of um, my four siblings, and for a time five siblings who were obliged to stay with other families. And the requirement to treat them like uh, pariahs when they'd left home. This is very similar to having somebody who's infected in, in the same house. Um, it also caused the confusion and anxiety around not being able to associate with people, to talk to people. And there is also a similar sin symptom of this disease is it's a suspicion of an avoidance of other people who could be contaminated corrupted or in terms of the virus infected this uh, this paranoia or fear happens a lot in the shops when people are around and not respecting sensible precautions or not uh, taking appropriate precautions to keep distance. This was often a feeling I experienced as an EB follower when I would have to go into public situations such as stores or large groups of people. On a level of communication, things have changed in that we don't communicate so much in person at present. And uh, that's actually uh, retrograde for me having come from the EB followers, where so much of the communication is verbal. Their principal meetings are all transcribed into a small white book, which is distributed to every adult member on a subscription basis. Um, that means written communication, but there are also lots of audio files made available to followers. But the communication um, principally was verbal or in person. I think this uh, outbreak has made people revert to older ways of communicating, like the telephone, especially for elderly people who don't have access to the internet. And uh, it's also made people realize the pleasures of writing a letter or sitting and penning a letter to somebody rather than talking face to face to them. It's obviously very different. It's not um, an adequate replacement. But at the same time, it's also provided encouragement for me in that it's not a new way of communicating. We now have the internet, we have online chat, we have video conferencing, video calling, which is now nothing new. Since the mid-2000s, I was using these facilities anyway. So nothing has hugely changed there. But the, um, the way we communicate has reverted back to a way which I was more familiar with, especially in times when our family was confined, was restricted or was isolated in general. Um, 
I am not sure whether this is going to have a positive outcome or not. I think it's going to result in perhaps more people appreciating the importance of human connection and the importance of using every means of communication, not simply ones that we get used to or that we find more acceptable. After all, communication is not about simply getting one's point of view across. It's, a, it's about transmitting an idea or a thought or a feeling. And it requires empathy, it requires reception as well as transmission. That's why with this podcast I'm taking feedback to heart. I'm trying to incorporate some of the principles which I'm hearing from you, my audience, to make it more interesting and more engaging. And as I mentioned, it's a work in progress. It's an evolution. This is not a fixed, finished product. I do apologize for the lack of polish. I do apologize that at times it may seem rambling, uh, which brings me to the point that I need to resume. Something that was more amusing than anything, I accept for the people involved, it's probably not very amusing. But the enforced lockdown, the lack of beauty treatment, spas, hairdressers, and general cosmetics, anything which is deemed non-essential, has resulted in a look, especially among the women, with which I'm extremely familiar. And I say it... uh, It's amusing to me, but more amusing in the sense that women are becoming more familiar to those I grew up with. As the EB system had many restrictions on women and girls regarding uh, forbidding cutting of hair, they strongly discouraged but didn't completely ban cosmetics and makeup. Um, plucking of eyebrows and aesthetic treatments like that were generally discouraged to the point that anyone who actually had these done would be um, quite the exception and would, would stand out very clearly in a gathering of these people. So I am seeing a, a lot of um, things which would otherwise be familiar to me, uh, women with their hair growing out extremely long women wearing less makeup, either because they have run out or because they are not feeling confident to perform their own aesthetic treatments. Uh, Body hair is becoming more acceptable anyway, but I'm seeing a lot more of that appearing on people in public. And um, even for the men, the scene is becoming more familiar to me and providing lots of deja vu. To the days when I was not permitted to go to a barber. A lot of the EB followers do go to barbers. They go for um, haircuts, especially the men, where it's permitted. But I'm also very familiar with homemade haircuts where um, people have butchered their hair themselves or a family member has stepped in to uh, provide them with a number two buzz cut everywhere. So these uh, these looks are extremely familiar to me. Um, And I find it very amusing in a sense. But I also feel for these people who have come to either rely on external beauty treatments or for whom these things are their livelihood. 
and it's not to dismiss the significance of that. It's not to to berate those who place emphasis on their appearance because it's an important part of self-care, as I've come to realize. It's simply an observation that due to this lockdown especially, there has been a an outbreak of moments where I I have moments of deja vu and almost feel as though I'm back within the EB system at times. It's only the face masks, uh, which could be um, analogous to the obligatory head covering that uh, EB follower women have to wear. But apart from that, the, uh, the changes are, I hope, temporary. Uh, it's just that I feel a strange parallel detachment from reality and yet a return to a reality that I thought I had left behind. Finally, as I detailed in my intro, this uh, pandemic has resulted in a new norm. There are new norms that we have to adapt to. And I don't think uh, society will return essentially to exactly the same level it was at before. The same contact with strangers, for example. Um, we have to find new ways to, to greet and to welcome people. A lot of cultural things are having to go by the board. Also, what's raised by this new norm, this new standard, new expectations, actually fills me with confidence. Uh, as I have proved by leaving a complete system, a complete way of life and a cultural community, if it could be called that, by leaving that behind and immersing myself in a completely different culture, learning the tools for survival, I feel more confident in my adaptability. I feel more confident that I have the tools to build a new normal for myself, for those close to me. I feel that regardless of what the uncertain future holds, there is a way through and that I have the tools and the adaptability to make a livelihood to work a way through this. This resilience is something that I don't think we realize we have until we are obliged to accept it. As a final to this uh, podcast, which has gone on slightly longer than I intended, I was trying to keep it within the 20 minute limit. I wish to incorporate a suggestion from one of my friends who has listened to the previous two podcasts and um, it's a dual episode which may or may not extend into two episodes. Firstly, how art and creativity, how my expressive outlets help me to escape and to recover from the EB system and secondly Whilst I was a uh, effectively a prisoner of that system, how I succeeded to foster my creativity, especially in my hobbies, 
in my literacy and in my photography. I want to basically to analyze in a little depth exactly um, exactly what permitted me to, to continue these hobbies and why they have such significance and such importance to me today that I still have these that I still encourage them and I also recommend them to others regardless of their circumstances so that'll be everything for this episode I hope it's been more cohesive and more logical than the previous two as always I value your feedback enormously regardless of how much or how little and I hope you're looking forward to the next episode as much as I am looking forward to recording it. Thank you.